I'm not Stephen, yes. Um, uh, yeah, as Mike said, my name's Tyler. Um, my wife and I have been members here for a couple of years now. Um, and uh, when we were engaged, we've been married almost five years now, which is crazy. But we were, when we were engaged, my wife bought, um, surprised me for, my, I think it was Christmas. Uh, yes, I'm getting a nod. It was Christmas. Um, <laughs> concert tickets to one of our favorite artists. His name is Josh Garrels. I don't know if any of you guys are fans of Josh Garrels. Um, and this is a very vivid memory for me. So I can remember like having the little, you know, box and taking the tissue out and pulling out these tickets. And they, and I'm, I'm like reading them and it's like, oh, it's up in LA. It's a really cool venue. And then it says Josh Ritter on the tickets. And, um, and I'm kind of like, I don't know if you, I mean, I'm sure this Christmas, everyone got a gift that you're like, didn't ask for this, didn't really want it. I love you, so you're trying to like conjure the emotion of like, ah, cool, yeah. Um, And uh, this was not even that. This was like, I didn't even know who Josh Ritter was. So I wasn't even like disappointed. I was just confused. And, and, um, And I say that to say, that's probably how everyone's feeling right now. You're like, oh, Steven's back, great. Who is this? tall, bald guy coming for you. He's definitely not Steven. Um, but guess what? We went to that concert. We had a great time. It was awesome. So let's hope that that happens here today. So, um, so, uh, so it's the first Sunday of the year and um, it's following up New Year's and I'm sure it's kind of like returning a new chapter. So everyone's probably thinking there's, there's some sense of expectancy, ex- excitement, probably a lot of us relief that last year's over and we can kind of turn the page and, um, and you know, everyone's kind of thinking like New Year's resolution. So has anyone actually done a New Year's resolution? Have they kind of made a New Year's resolution this year? You can raise your hand. Yeah, it's okay. Eh. Uh-huh. Um, so if you did, I have some kind of bad news. So like of the 30% of Americans who actually do New Year's resolutions, only 9% or so actually complete that. So my philosophy degree in college tells me that that's not a lot of people. It's not, you don't have good odds. Um, but, um, but anyway, um, I actually do want to give you guys uh, one resolution uh, for this year. Um, and I guarantee that if you follow this resolution, it will make your year better. I guarantee it. Um, and it's not eating healthier, losing weight, being active, saving money, all that stuff. Um, but before I give you that resolution, I want to kind of prepare us to receive it, right? So, um, so I want to give you kind of my big thought for, uh, for, this, um, for the sermon, and then we're going to jump into a couple passages and, and break it down. Um, so this year, we need to look expectantly backwards, not forwards. So this year, I want to challenge you to look expectantly backwards and not forwards. Now, that might seem kind of confusing, but um, Joshua 4, which is the first passage we're going to look at, provides a really, really beautiful picture um, illustrating this. And just to give you a little bit of context before we jump in, if HBO greenlit the Old Testament as a TV series, then Joshua 4 would be like the end of a season, like, the, you, there's all this anticipation building up, and then this happens, and, and you're just so excited about what's going to happen next, and it just cuts to black, and you're devastated, right? So, um, that's, so 
you, you you've had hundreds and hundreds of years and generations of Israelites being promised this promised land. And Joshua 4 is the point where they are literally crossing the Jordan River to enter in to receive the promised land from God, right? So, so they, and it's this really epic scene of the high priests are in front of this massive people and they're, and they literally step foot in the Jordan River and it says that the waters basically stood up in a high wall, way, way up river. So you, I, I mean, that visual is pretty crazy, just like a wall, boom, and then dry river. And, they, and the whole, all the Israelites walk across the river and Right after that, we have this passage in Joshua 4, so, and we'll have that on the screen as well. So, and this is what it says. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God onto, into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? You shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to you, the people of Israel, a memorial forever. I I love this scene. And I love reading the Old Testament a lot because you have these really just, honestly, just epic, epic scenes. And and I I love thinking, thinking about them in light of like, if this were... A movie. How would you? How how would it? What would it look like? And and um and I think about that. And then and then I also I also thought about what would what would this look like ten twenty years down the road when God has faithfully given them the entire promised land. And I was just thinking about like a father and a daughter walking down the Jordan River and like I don't know like skipping rocks or something. And then they come across this stack of I mean big stones. I mean, you, you see in the passage, pick it up on your shoulder. You know, you don't pick up a stone like this and put it on your shoulder. It's a bi- they're big stones, and they're just stacked high next to the river. And, and I can imagine the daughter looking at her dad and saying, what, what do those mean? Like, what, what, clearly this isn't a natural thing. What are they there for? And, and I think about the father and, and the emotions that that, would, that, that, would, that that would well up in him, just thinking about, wow, that was I can't believe that was 20 years ago when we'd been walking in the wilderness and we got to the, we got to the river and we stepped, like the high priest stepped in the river and the water just stopped. And we walked across the river and then God's continual faithfulness for years and years as they took the promised land. And I just imagine it would be a real moment, like just, he'd probably be overcome with emotion. And, and I really think it would, it would lead to, it would lead to worship as he, as he told us his daughter, like, those stones remind me that God is faithful. That's what, that's what those stones mean to me, that, that God is faithful. And then, and then I think about, like, as the scene would continue, he goes home, and, uh, and then he finds out that, like, one of his cattle had died or, or some, some other really terrible news. And, and with the remembrance of those stones and that conversation with his daughter fresh in his mind, how do you think he would respond? He, I think he would respond with, God was faithful back then. He's going to be faithful moving forward, right? So looking expectantly backwards leads us to hope looking forwards, right? Like looking expectantly backwards, seeing the faithfulness of God back then leads us to hope looking forward. So 
looking expectantly backwards is kind of a, it's kind of a weird phrase. So how do we look expectantly backwards? I want to give you three, three ways that you can do this and, and thinking back on your, on your 2018 or, or even longer. Um, and the first is remember God's faithfulness in the things that you saw and hope. So remember God's faithfulness in the things that you saw and hope. I mean, honestly, how often do we really take the time to sit and be still and reflect back on God's faithfulness in our lives? Like everyone is crazy busy. You know, if you, if you, you probably had a conversation with someone sitting, you know, maybe in the, in like the in-between time and how's life going on, man, it's busy. You know, that's just like our default now. Um, and it's true. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was uh, visiting uh, friends and, and family back in South Carolina, and I just grabbed, uh, grabbed coffee with a friend, and we were just talking, and I'll be honest, it kind of devolved into just complaining <laughs> about, about the things that are really hard in life, and um, I'll be honest. And, uh, and you know, like, oh, uh, you know, finances, uh, housing, uh, you know, blah, 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 yeah, in-laws, uh, that's what he said, not me. I know this is being recorded, so I just want you guys to know I love... I love you, Kathy and Taylor. You guys are awesome. Um, but um, just like, just complaining. And I, you know, I was just like, you know what? I, just, I asked him, what's, what's good, man? What's good? In your, I, I think that's exactly what I said. Like, what's, what's good in your life right now? And it was, it was almost like a jarring question to him. Like it was like a physically jarring question. And, and you know, and then we just had the rest of our time was like, well, you know, like health, health is really good. You know, our, our kids are doing, are, re- are doing really well, you know, like I'm, doing really good with my wife and and it was just it was it was amazing like we, we it, it was totally changed the vibe of our conversation and as we left um and I don't know we, we just as a people are naturally predisposed um to forget God's faithfulness like whether it's our sin or, or a tactic of of the devil we just forget um we just forget who God is we um, all you need to do is continue reading the story after Joshua 4 and kind of the continued history of the people of Israel to see that it's just a cycle of forgetting God's faithfulness, running after other things, getting in trouble, you know, maybe even getting enslaved, crying out to God, God delivering them, them worshiping God, repeat. Like that's just, I mean, that's, if you read the book of Judges, it's just, that's, it's repeat, on repeat, on repeat. That's just what, they just are constantly forgetting God's faithfulness. And, um, and so the first way to look, to remember God's faithfulness in the things that you see. Take some time today. Take some time on your car ride home talking with someone or don't turn on the radio or podcast and just think about that. Think about the ways that God has been faithful in your life um, and hope. So the second, and, this, and I think this is really more challenging, uh, we need to, to remember God's faithfulness in the things that we didn't see or didn't understand and hope. So we need to remember God's faithfulness in the things that we didn't see and didn't under, or, or don't understand and hope. And that might seem kind of confusing, and, but if you have kids or you see kids, which is everyone... Um, this is like this is understandable. So our son is about one and a half now, um, and uh, which basically means that like his physical ability and like motor skills are here, but his um, understanding of reality and the concept of safety is here. And this gap is like 
serious injury slash death. Like that's just, and, and this is the role of us, like protecting him from himself and, and, and teaching him safety so that this gap is, 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 you know, it's diminished. You know, so like we're like protecting him from like just seriously injuring himself constantly every day. Um, so he loves, he loves to run. Like maybe about, you know, he, le- he learned to walk and then about a week later it was just like, I'm done with walking. All I'm going to do is run now. Um, and that's all he does. That's literally all he does, which as an aside, maybe, maybe think about how, how funny would it be if like, is if adults acted like kids and all we did was just full out sprint wherever we, wherever we went, just like all the kids, just you walk out on the, on like the streets and just people are just full out sprinting everywhere. Um, that's like what William is. Um, but he, he loves to walk and he walks around our neighborhood and we live on a, on a couple busy streets and we're constantly kind of, you know, shepherding him away from the street constantly, like pulling him off, don't go that way, don't go that way, there's cars, you know, um, and the reality is, is that he doesn't understand that, he doesn't understand, that, like, hey, you walk in the street, danger, right, like, he, he's just living his life, and, and I think that's such a picture of us and God, right, like, we're just living life, you know, like, dumb little humans doing our thing, and God is constantly shepherding us away from danger, shepherding us away from, our, from sin, shepherding us away from poor decisions. And we don't even know it, right? We have no concept of, of all the things that God is doing. But we know that he's faithful. We know that he's going to guide us um, in the way we should go. So not only do we need to remember the things that God, uh, that we don't see, but we also remember, remember God's faithfulness, the things that we don't understand, right? So I'm sure that for everyone in this past year, maybe even probably this past week, we've had experiences that we simply don't understand, whether it's the loss of a job or the loss of a, of a family member or broken relationships or finances that are uh, broken or, or sickness, you know, on and on and on. There are just things in our life where, what, what happened, God? Why is, this, why, why is this happening? I don't understand this at all. And um, there's a really beautiful picture in uh, C.S. Lewis's The Horse and His Boy, which is part of the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, and uh, the, the gist of the story is that there's a horse and his boy, of course, um, going on this journey, and it's full of peril, and it's just all, the, all this crazy stuff keeps happening, and they keep, they keep continuing on the journey and dodging these bullets, a lot of times for unexpected reasons. They just can't explain how they are being continually saved and, ca- and carrying on this journey. And it even gets to the point where um, they're being chased by this lion and the lion is, and they're kind of like right at the, right at the end of the journey and the lion is, even reaches up and like scratches one of, uh, one of his companions and, um, and, uh, and they finally get safely to where they need to be, right? And so it's been just this harrowing journey. And, and the boy, his name is Shasta, finally meets uh, Aslan who in the, whole of the Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan is this God, God figure, right? And so Aslan tells the boy, and this is beautiful, because I think this is such a picture of how the things that we don't understand, we really can see God's faithfulness. And he says, I was the lion. I was the lion who forced you to join with the Ravis. I was the cat who comforted you among the houses of the dead. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you while you slept. I was the lion who gave the horses the new strength of fear for the last mile 
so that you could reach King Loon in time. So that, that harrowing last little bit was, was Aslan. And I was the lion, you do not remember, who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death, so that it came to shore where a man sat, wakeful at midnight, to receive you. So you have this beautiful picture of what appeared to be all these terrible things happening on this journey. But Aslan, do, like kind of overseeing all this and shepherding him along, right? And I don't mean to mitigate the hard things that happen in life, but what I do want to say is that even though we don't understand them, we have to trust that God is faithful, right? We, we have to. I mean, even, even if I, I know that, you know, it's a new year, so maybe this is your first time here or, or you're exploring Christianity for the first time, and um, doesn't that, doesn't that speak to you? Like, the, the things that I'm going through, they aren't just, it isn't just happening, right? There, there's, there's, there's a God behind it who's working for my good, who, who I can trust. Even when things are terrible, I know that God is with me and he's going to bring me through it. Like, that just, I think that that, that, would, that, that that could speak, that would really speak to you. Which leads me to the, to the, last, um, the last point on this, which is, uh, first, we need to remember God's faithfulness in the things that we saw. Second, we need to remember God's faithfulness in the things that we didn't see and don't understand. And the last one is we need to remember God's faithfulness through Jesus and hope. See, hope in Jesus is a singular, unique hope. And we see that in Romans 5, um, verses 4 and 5, uh, which will be up on the screens as well. Um, I'm going to read the whole one through one through five, and uh, we'll get to four and five. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And this hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, all other hopes in life are simply hopes, right? I, you know, I wish, I think, it's probably going to happen, I dream, it's most likely going to happen. But all of those hopes can, can put us to shame, right? So I am a massive Chicago Cubs fan which basically means that for about literally 100 years, all Chicago Cubs fans were put to shame. Um, so for the first 29 years of my life, well, probably not. I didn't know who the Cubs were until I was probably five years old. So the first 24 years of my life, uh, I hoped that the Cubs were going to win the World Series, and at the end of the season, I was devastated, right? So like, that's, a, that's a silly example, but we all have experiences of far more weight like that. We, we put a hope in... Maybe at the beginning of 2018, our hopes were, I, I really want a new job, a job that I feel fulfilled in. I really need and hoping for a raise. I, I really hope that I find a spouse. Um, I, I really hope that we can have a child. I really hope that I'm going to make some really good friends. Like the, 2018 was probably filled with, with unfulfilled hopes for you. But if we got those They still still wouldn't satisfy. Like, 
in all of those things, we can still be put to shame. Or as the, the message translation puts it, which I really, really love, instead of put to shame, it says, left feeling shortchanged. Right? That's what that, I love that. Left feeling um, shortchanged. And so why is that? It's because there's, there's no assurance that it's going to happen. Like, it's just a hope. Um, there's no guarantee that it's going to happen. But when we hope in Christ, and this is, I, I love this. This is, this is the message right here. It says, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. See, looking expectantly backwards reminds us that Christ has already done the work for us. The, the, the hope that we're hoping in that's going to happen has already happened. <laughs> Does that mean, like we, we are, in so many other things we're hoping for, this is hoping backwards, hoping in a work that's already been done for us. It's, it's hoping in a sure thing. And so thinking about 2019, I'm sure, I'm positive that everyone has hopes. I'm sure, I know it was the same in 2018. You probably woke up this morning with hopes of a solid afternoon nap and maybe like a Chargers win. You know, like we, we are just, we're wired to hope. Um, but here's the, the, the simple, unfortunate truth. Um, all our hopes outside of Christ, all our expectations, they're gonna leave us shortchanged, right? If you're one of the 9.2% of the 30% of people that actually complete your New Year's resolutions and you find the love of your life and live healthier and, uh, you know, give more back, like, you'll, you'll be satisfied for a little bit. You'll be content for a little bit, but then that feeling of being shortchanged, it's going it's to come back. It's, it's going to come back. You, you, the, the emptiness will slowly, slowly, slowly creep back in. Because the simple reality is that we were made to only hope in Christ, right? Like I've heard the, the, the analogy of, of putting hopes in other things besides Christ is like putting a, a, like a little cup on the bottom of, on the ground and then dropping an elephant on top of it and be like, hey, cup, can you hold this? You got this? All right, we're good, we're good, we're good. Boom, done. Like, of course, it's, 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 it's going to be crushed under the weight of that hope. Only Christ can hold the weight of our hope, which means... You have to look expectantly backwards to the work of Christ, not expectantly forwards. So um, as I kind of wrap things up, I, I want to give you the one ironclad resolution that I promised at the beginning. And, uh, and here it is. Be, be a wise man or a wise woman, but be, be, be a wise man. Uh, I'm sure post-Christmas we've Many of us read the story in Matthew 2 um, of the wise man, so that's familiar. But I, but I want to give it um, just a closer reflection. And, uh, and this is up on, on the screens as well. Um, so after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them uh, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed and worshipped him. I, I, I love this passage. You know, 
I know that like often the Christmas story is kind of, it's like the baby's born, the shepherds show up, and then the wise men are right behind it. No, like that's not how it happened. Like they're traveling far to get here. So they see this star, they travel on this journey, and then they, they, they show up. And, and I, I just, I kind of am visualizing this as this isn't in the Bible. So yeah, it's not in the Bible. Um, they're kind of like cresting the last hill before they get to Bethlehem. And they, and they get over the hill and they see I don't, know how it's, I don't know how it looks, but they see the star and they know, they know that Jesus is there. And what do they do? They, they rejoice. They, they see the star, they see where Jesus is, and they rejoice. And, and I think this is, this is so important, and this is kind of how I, want, this is how I want to lead us into 2019. They rejoiced in anticipation of experiencing Jesus. Like if you read that passage... When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They hadn't seen Jesus yet. They had traveled so far, but they had not seen him. But they knew that Jesus was right there. And that led them to worship, right? So you don't, we don't know what this, what this year is going to hold, good or bad. Well, actually, you do. It will have good. It will have bad. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but, but be a wise man. Rejoice knowing that in the good, in the bad, in whatever, that Jesus is going to be there, right? Jesus is going to meet you, and that should give us hope. Let's pray. Father, we're so (laughs) thankful. We're so thankful that you are the hope that does not put us to shame. We're so thankful that you, in Jesus, give us a a real, tangible, solid hope that can bear the weight of all of our expectations. So I pray that this year that we would look expectantly backwards to the work that you did, Jesus, and that that would give us hope and that would lead us um, into 2019 rejoicing in the midst of the good, in the midst of the bad, in the midst of everything. Um, Yeah, so uh, we love you, Father. So thankful for that. Amen.